Welcome to another episode of the DPHA Drip, brought to you by the Decorative Plumbing and Hardware Association, where we offer open dialogue and connection to elevate the community of kitchen and bath industry professionals. Welcome to another episode of the DPHA Drip. On today's episode, my guests are Tom Brook and Jody Reppert of Cartners. Cartners manufactures the highest quality brass constructed modern bathroom accessories, which deliver beauty, reliability, and endurance for years to come. Cartners offers you a single solution to coordinate the look of your bathroom from robe hooks to shower door handles. This episode was special to me because I have a personal friendship with Tom, who is just a hilarious guy with a ton of personality, along with his colleague Jody, who has such a wealth of knowledge and experience in connecting with the A&D community, something that we are all trying to do. So I hope you all learn as much as I did. Thank you for listening and enjoy the show. Hey, plumbing friends, this is Phil Hoterek coming to you from San Francisco. Uh, I am the operations manager at Lutz Plumbing and Lutz Bath and Kitchen. I'm here with Jody and Tom from Cartners. Uh, This is DPHA Drip, the podcast. Jody and Tom, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, this is going to be fun. Yeah, so uh, so Jody, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your relationship with Cartners and what you do for them? Sure, absolutely. Um, Well, I actually, uh, taking it back kind of from the beginning-ish in my career, uh, I graduated from the Faculty of Business from the University of Alberta, which is in Western Canada. And I have my business degree with a focus on marketing. Um, I actually started in the hotel industry many years ago for a a hiring chain in Canada um, called Canadian Pacific Hotels, which is now Fairmont Hotels, and they're throughout the world, predominantly North America. And I worked in their sales and marketing department for about 10 years, but I always had a really strong interest in design. So it actually led me back to school and I did interior design courses part-time. And then I was actually approached by a local flooring distributor to work on their architectural and design team. So um, I joined them um, for a brief period. And then a company out of Toronto actually approached me to open up um, a competitive offering on the West Coast and manage the architectural and sales team. So I was with them for almost 10 years. It was a company called Stonetile. Um, And then I actually joined the architectural team at Benjamin Moore Corporate. So I worked with other architectural and design reps throughout North America. And again, focusing predominantly on designers and architects. And then about four years ago, our owner, Darren Cooper, approached me and asked me to join uh, Cartners on the architectural and project side of the company. So almost four years into it, um, my local team consists of four people. There's myself, I overlook our, our entire department. So I manage the project side, meaning um, multifamily and project uh, work within the hotel industry. Um, my other team members are, are Chris, he, he works with uh, developers and hotel ownership. Um, Jamie is one of our architectural reps as well too, and she works with designers and architects. And then Bianca actually keeps us all organized and, and she manages us um, and, and supports us from a um, 
uh, sampling and, and pricing and, and bid process as well too. So um, yeah, we, we work really with designers, architects, developers, contractors, um, and that's kind of more the focus on my side of the company. So Tom and I um, have slightly different focuses, but it all comes together as well too. So we, we collaborate as well. Yeah, it kind of has to. And uh, Jody, this is the first time that uh, I'm meeting you. Unfortunately, it is virtually. I do know yes. Tom. Tom and I have had uh, some fun on some of the in some of the conference showcases. Uh, so we got well acquainted, usually at the uh, hotel bar and whatnot, <laughs> talking about serious business strategies. Um, and uh, you guys are located in Canada in, in Vancouver, right? The company is? Correct. We're based out of North Vancouver, so just across the, uh, the bay there over the Lionsgate Bridge, and uh, we have our manufacturing. Uh, actually, I, I screwed up a little bit there, but um, yeah, <laughs> that's <from Vancouver>. okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically, uh, we're from Vancouver. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and really, and really, we're just a few hours north of Seattle, so we're really part of that North Pacific Northwest uh, kind of chain, in a sense. <laughs> that's awesome. So, Tom, uh, why don't you why don't you share with our listeners uh, a little bit about yourself and what you do for the company? It sounds like Jody uh, does a lot with uh, the A and D community, right? And that's where your expertise is from from yes. school. So, Tom, yeah. uh, why don't why don't we hear a little bit about uh, what you do and how everything sort of ties together? In the company, sure. I um, I graduated from UBC um, with a history degree and art history uh, minor, and I also have a marketing management diploma from a local university here, Kwantlen Polytechnic. Um, so I started uh, work after university in a an engineering company. It was a, a full on CNC lathe machine shop, and you know I truly believe that most experiences in life kind of lead you to where you are now, and I really do feel that. My experience at the engineering company really gave me that knowledge of, of how our products made because we do use those types of machines to create our products so um, it really allowed me to understand the nuts and bolts of how we produce our product um, i was working there for two and a half years and then i saw this ad for this bathroom accessories company and uh, it intrigued me and it said uh, you know i called the recruiter and they said they're working out of a garage to start but you know had a, <laughs> a, lot, a lot of growth potential and uh, you know I was really looking to get on the ground floor of an organization to work with someone that I felt a strong connection with and, and Darren and I met uh, at a local coffee shop over in North Van and, and just kind of started talking about where I see myself where he wanted to go with the business and I knew I eventually wanted to get into a more management position definitely travel was something that I really looked to kind of get into to travel with my sales position and I really started in in the garage in the warehouse shipping out product and it was a great way to learn our customer base you know I, I, I still find it really funny when I look at purchase orders and I get to see where all of these products are shipping that's one of the things I really enjoy is seeing all the different people that buy our product so you know the growth has been tremendous over the last eight years. I, I started in 2013 and, and, you know, being in an organization that is constantly kind of growing at 30, 60, 70% over the last eight years has really provided a, an amazing experience for me. And Darren's been a great um, owner, general manager. He's really provided me an opportunity to step up and face new challenges and push me. Um, so it's really been a really fun experience for me, you know, the last year and a half has been a challenge for everybody and it's really created new and um, different challenges for everyone in our industry and, and you know across all consumer goods 
Um, but how I really work now is I manage all of our rep organizations. So um, I work with, with about 40 different agencies or 40 different independent sales reps. We have 21 different rep agencies. So really trying to support our reps who support our customers, right? That's the end of the day. That's the success of Cardiners is um, it's a great product. It's a great price point. Um, and we support our customers with great customer service and, and rep support. So um, that's really you know, my job in a nutshell is, is just making sure everybody feels confident selling our product and, and buying our product. So, yeah. So it sounds like Tom, you're, you know, you have a lot of the technical knowledge and, you know, being that you started in where every successful business starts in the garage, right. Is that seems to be a, a common theme. Uh, I was talking to Martin on, on one of the last episodes and same thing. He started his, you know, now successful company in a garage. And uh, so it sounds like you really have a, a good feel for the history and you've seen the company grow, you've experienced and been part of all that growth. And Jody seems like it's like you came in to expand the network, to uh, expose the product to a new sector in the industry, uh, which sounds like a uh, Sounds like it was a really great strategy on Darren's part, right? Because uh, he, he saw a company doing well from the ground up. Maybe, Tom, you guys started with dealers, right? I, I imagine that you just started exposing the product to local dealers and showrooms, or I'm always interested in hearing like how he got from nothing to where it started. Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I think at the beginning, it was more of a project-orientated brand, right? You know, yeah. looking at from Darren's perspective, um, with some previous businesses, he was aware of the distribution channels, enjoyed that type of distribution network, and really decided at the start, you know, this may be an online kind of business with, with projects supplementing these online sales, and quickly realized the importance of showrooms. You know, you work in a showroom. Um, one of our first markets we entered was the San Francisco, Northern California market. And really the consistency of ordering really started to kind of open up the eyes of, of Darren and going, hey, this is a more consistent way to sell this product. Projects are great. Jody knows that uh, it's always better to sell a, a 500 quantity purchase order as opposed to onesie twosie type situations, but they're sporadic and, and showroom consi is consistent right where you need that day-to-day -day business to really keep you know even though the overhead's cheap in a garage you still need something you need consistent sales orders coming through on a daily basis and, and uh, that's really where the business started so we started looking for independent repping agencies throughout north america um you know and that's really where the brand started was um you know really finding some key people in these markets to start distributing the product and we've had some reps that have been with us from day one so um, that's really, you know, at the start, the origin story really of, of the brand. Yeah. And so there's a lot of belief in the product being, having you starting from the ground up and, and bringing Jody in, uh, Jody, I'm really interested to hear how trends and how the A and D sector of our industry sort of drives your company how do you adapt to the different trends that are out there what's the what's the process like when you need to adapt and uh what are some strategies that you implement to uh that that makes your product attractive you know for for projects and and for that part of the industry 
Yeah, it, it's really twofold in that sense. Um, I guess one of it derives from our clients and the type of projects they work on, which we are so fortunate and we have such strong relationships within the design community which I'll go into a little bit further. And then also, you know, taking it back to Darren, he's very passionate about building a quality design focused product and very forward thinking. And so he's looking at what do we see coming up in the next year and the next year plus what styles, what finishes, you know, what kind of details are clients looking for on projects? And how I'm taking it kind of back to the client, our actual, you know, design base is we have a lot of clients that, you know, give us a lot of great information. So we do collaborate with some um, designers on, you know, looks that they're trying to achieve and, and design. How do you guys, how do you guys get that feedback though? Because um, feedback's so important. I send, sometimes yeah. I send surveys out there or I ask yeah. people and yeah. it's like crickets. So how, <laughs> how are you guys so successful at getting that feedback? Um, well, I guess that's maybe one reason why Darren brought me on. I've actually had the same client base for almost 20 years now. So okay. it's, it's such a wonderful luxury to connect with clients, you know, go for lunch, have a conversation and just reach out to them. And because too, when I am working on a new project, because as Tom mentioned, you know, he's fortunate in the sense that the clients he works with are kind of buying every day, every week, where my clients, it's what's next year and in the years after. So from the initial conversation on say a multifamily or even a hotel project, it can take anywhere from three to five years from that first conversation. Cause the first year plus year and a half is really fine tuning that product specification and selection for the project. So sometimes clients will take a look at some of our existing lines and um, say, you know, I really like this, but can we make this a little bit thinner? Or can we round it out a little bit? Can we square it up a little bit? Can we add this detail? So then that's where I work with our factory and we actually design the product and have them involved in the specification details too. So we go back and forth. And because we are the manufacturer and the designer of our products, we have that luxury of building exactly what clients are looking for. And because working on these multifamily projects, these designers are also designing products that allow their developers to brand the project and allow them to stand out amongst their competitors. And they're also designing for the next three, five, six years and onward because, you know, it finally makes it to market with that presentation center. It needs to be fresh and enticing and, and wanting that purchaser to make that purchase of that condominium or, or stay in that hotel for that matter. You know, that really gives us the ability to look forward a little bit to see what is coming up with with trends. And um, yeah, I'm really, I really credit a lot of it to a lot of our, our great uh, designers that we work with on projects. Um, in that yeah, tie it back to the DPHA too, Phil. I mean, uh -huh. I think trade shows over the years and being a member of DPHA allows us to interact and, and converse with not only showroom personnel, but reps, um, designers, architects. I mean, as a business, you know, we're very fluent. We can pivot quite quickly and, and really try to satisfy the customer's request. Like Jody said, make this a little thinner, make this a little different because at the end of the day, we want you to be able to sell our product with confidence and, and with ease, right? So if you take this feedback from other customers and create products that they want to sell, that's really the, the crux of the whole equation, yeah. right? Is, is taking feedback from designers, showroom personnel, um, and trying to match what they want. Yeah, so Tom, how, uh, how I'm curious, have you guys had difficulty with, let's say Jody gets some feedback, 
and then it goes back to the technical team and you guys are designing something. Have you guys ever had some failures of where uh, you designed something and you thought it was going to be hot and then you release it to the market and it's like, ah, shit, didn't really work the way we thought it was going to. And then, you know, what's the process of that happening? And then you go back to the drawing board or, you know, because I'm in the showroom. I don't, I don't know how that works. All we know is like, we just get complaints or good feedback from the customer. Uh, usually it's, we you usually only hear from the customer when something's wrong. We rarely ever get a customer calling us saying like, I loved your product. Yeah. It never happens. It's like no news is good news. So well, that's a good thing. I, yeah. Tom kind of goes into that. I actually have a great example of a success where um, I was working on a multifamily project. The client mm -hmm. wanted to, in addition to, because in addition to bath accessories, we also offer um, cabinet and appliance poles so that kitchens, bathrooms, everything is complete and cohesive from a design perspective. So I was working on a project where the client had selected Munich uh, yeah. bathroom and they wanted to have um, all the cabinet and appliance poles coordinating. And so they initially looked at using our Berlin collection for cabinet poles, but they wanted something just a little bit slimmer. So we actually took the proportions of um, Berlin and we made it a lot slimmer and sleeker. And so we did, um, we've done the entire project. This, this one was a few years ago now. Yeah. And um, we had such great feedback and then we kind of sat down and, and talked about it and it actually became the Munich cabinet pole. So it's actually become an everyday part number in a range of sizes and finishes. So from just that one little tweak, it's allowed us to add it to a collection or, or in other instances, create a brand new collection or category, which is you know why we're just not bath accessories anymore. Yeah. So what you're saying is you took there was a tweak you had to make or you got some feedback that what maybe wasn't very favorable and the way you guys adapted to it was you said you know what we're gonna we're gonna take this as an opportunity to make a positive change to it and you ended up actually creating a new part number that's in the everyday catalog exactly wow yeah tom what, what was that like in the in the garage <laughs> <laughs> our, uh, our capabilities were a little less, you know, back then, but it was, it's always been about feedback from, you know, all three of, of our aspects within our business, right? The repping, the showroom, and the designers and architects that kind of support our products. So to, to Jody's credit, she's really the, the incubator and the resource to get out there and get this feedback. You know, I haven't been able to travel with, with the pandemic over the last year and a half as much as I used to. And that was really an avenue for us to gain feedback, right? Going into a showroom, looking at where the trends are going with the faucet side of things, the tubs, um, you know, and, and kind of looking to satisfy your, you know, a request or, you know, showroom personnel saying, hey, I, I'm, I'm really having a tough time trying to source X. And so we look at it, see if it's going to work. Can we build a collection around that particular design? Um, you know, like Jody said, we've been pulled into the kitchen from the bathroom based on some of our, some of our products. So again, you want to have a, an analytical approach to things. And, and one person in a showroom is requesting it. You might not want to go down the route of investing in R&D to try and get a sample and all this other stuff. But I think Jody does a fantastic job with her team really getting out there and looking for trends and I'm hoping one day people will base their entire bathroom around the accessories package of, of the bathroom. As of right now, we really need to look at 
faucetry and look at the other aspects of the bathroom and how we can fit in and, and provide our customers with a great product you know, at a great price point and, and with all of the beautiful special finishes that we offer our customers. So it's not something we take lightly, but it, we do take suggestions from all over the place to really try and find that fit. We've had some some winners and some losers over the years, that's for sure. The one thing I've really enjoyed working with Darren on is, is the fact that he is willing to take a chance. And if someone says they might need something or it has potential, let's let's have a look, right? What was the biggest what was the biggest blunder? What was the biggest blunder and how did you guys deal with it? I don't think we've had many blunders in terms of like an absolute failure. I think we've really looked to match certain faucet designs that maybe were on the downward trend of things. I remember yeah. looking at collections that were a bit more transitional or, or traditional with that kind of hex look. We invested pretty heavily in a collection that uh, is still very well stocked, let's say. <laughs> you know, luckily, luckily, Phil, we haven't had too, too many bl blunders. You know, there are times when we initially launch a product and maybe have to retweak it just based on installation issues or other things. But yeah. You know, lucky, luckily for us, an accessory is a pretty easy product to install for the most part, right? It, yeah. It's not a faucet with internal components. It's not a shower package. It's not a tub. It's, you it's know, hardware. It's, of, it's hardware. It's hardware, right? Yeah. It's not super technical. Yeah. yeah but it, it, it really has that potential to tie in your entire space. I think that's really been the success of Cartners is, you know, timing is everything. And I think there was a lack of them in the market or a dedicated bathroom accessories company that yeah. was, you know, really great quality, really great design and, and a price point that allowed both designers, architects, showroom people to specify it on a regular basis because it's going to fit within their budget. And I think that's, you know, Jody can speak more to that, but, you know, she's really out there looking to... <laughs> tweak those champagne tastes towards whatever budget they have, whether that's a, a beer budget or a beer budget in most cases, right? So the champagne of beers. Yeah. Miller High Life. Miller High Life. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So it's. Well, and, and, and I think too, that's also where Tom and I and Darren really do listen to our customers of what they're looking for and the type of budgets that they need to maintain, because we have, we all have different types of clients and everyone has different spending expectations. Yeah. Uh, Partners is, is our brand and we're very forward thinking. And we really, I, I think we have a beautiful quality product, but then we were starting to hear feedback from clients on certain projects where maybe they needed to have a really budget conscious offering. So home builders line. So, you know, Darren is Darren is, he starts thinking, okay, what can I do? What can I build? And last year we launched a really beautiful budget conscious home builders accessories line called Sydney and then a complimentary line of towel warmers called Vernon. And really it's about having a complete offering and, um, and meeting all price points. And the thing that's great about Sydney and Vernon is it is built and distributed by partners. So you're still getting a solid quality product you know, that we've just value engineered a little bit so that, you know, everyone can find something to fit in their space. Has that been maybe the uh, most successful example of like a design to market product? Or has there been another example that has exceeded the success of uh, Sydney and Vernon? Yeah, I think it's just kind of, you know, listening to some of our, de you know, developers and home builders. That's kind of more mm -hmm. of the 
it's, it's um, I guess, positioned towards. And sometimes it's, it depends on the type of client that would be purchasing their homes. Um, it might not necessarily be in a city center that is a 60-story condominium tower. It might be a townhouse development that's a little bit out of the city. And so the price points are a little bit different from a real estate uh, standpoint. I, I think too in Vancouver on the West Coast, we have a great example where we're very similar to some of the higher price markets in the US where we've got an extremely high cost of housing <laughs> with yeah. a lot of square footage. Yeah, you know, like in, in the city itself, we, we live in very small contained homes, but as we kind of, you know, and of course we're surrounded by mountain and water, so we can only go up. Whereas when we yeah. come to the city a little bit, just as in some of your surrounding areas, there is a little bit more land, so you can spread out a bit more. They're bringing the cost down, which means they also want to have a lower cost, but still a quality product. And and that's, you know, really where, where Sydney kind of came from too. I think it's great. So I, I did a little research before talking to you guys and I saw and I mean we've used the Vernon I I personally love it I have a towel warmer in my bathroom and I try to let everybody know how great it is I'm not a great salesman I just kind of approach it to where it's like hey if this was my bathroom this is what mm -hmm. I would put in it I'm not very salesy, so I just kind of share the products that I like, and Vernon has definitely been one of them. Uh, you guys did a great job with that. So what I'm gathering is Jody is out there, boots on the ground, talking to the designers, and 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 Tom gets all the you know feedback from all the successful serious business meetings at the hotel bars and stuff. So it sounds like you guys have a really good dynamic within the company. What are some categories that people do not think of when they think of accessories? I think that's a great question. And that's one of the things that we've been so successful at over the years is providing that complete aesthetic within a bathroom and allowing not only a designer or an architect on Jody's side of things, but the showroom um, or the, the maybe smaller independent interior designer to create that complete look. You know, we have product categories from shower door handles, which I think is an extremely underserviced product category in, in terms of higher end design forward shower door handles, right? Grab bars was one of the, in terms of successes, Phil, kind of over the last six years, that program has done amazingly well for us. Designers love that product because it doesn't make you feel like you're in you know, an institutional environment, right? So available in special finishes, multiple lengths. Really, I think one of the main goals with our new price book, our 2021 price book, which is available very soon, is really trying to show people on a daily basis where they might be missing certain product segments when they're going through a house package with people. You know, we do cabinet pulls, appliance pulls, Freestanding product is a great product category as we kind of continue to see freestanding tubs become more and more popular in these higher end design spaces, more tile, you know, to kind of relate it to Jody's world where bathrooms seem to be getting, you know, full tiling all over the walls and maybe somebody doesn't want to drill into that tile. So looking at a freestanding product to make sure you've got a tissue paper holder and a towel bar in that space. Cosmetic mirrors, it's about providing that complete look for someone in a consistent finish and consistent design. It's really kind of where we've, we've had success with this brand. And I'm sure Jody's got, you know, she's always filling in gaps and, and looking a new product. So I'm going to kind of pass it over to her because she's really yeah. the one driving some of these additional product segments, which has been so cool to see over the last four years since she's joined our team. 
Yeah. Well, and, and, and Tom mentioned ground bars. You know, the reality is we, we very much have uh, an aging world out there. And, and there's also people that need it from a functional perspective. And mm-hmm. this is, you know, that category started before my time. But, you know, Darren always talks about the story where it was actually one of the principals of one of our local multifamily design firms on the West Coast. And she was tired of specifying a very institutional but necessary element on her projects. So she's, she essentially said to Darren, can you build a non-ugly grab bar? <laughs> <laughs> the conversation started. Is and, it possible? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, we worked with the technical requirements because our, our grab bars are ADA compliant. Yeah. And um, really now when we're designing new bath accessories collections, we are also, for the most part, including the grab bar that has the same design detail on it. So really it's all encompassing. And then, you know, from a multifamily perspective, you know, it hasn't made it into our mainstream inventory yet, but you never know when when new product lines are being launched. But last year, one of the firms that I, I, I do a lot of work with was you know, hey, there's a few things that we'd really like to put on this new condo project. And we're, we're wanting to know if, if you can work with us. So we actually designed three specific products for it. The first one being utensil rails in the kitchen with hooks. And which is easy, you know, right away again, we, we started. I we build wouldn't it even and, think of something like that. So I could, yeah. I barely like washing dishes to me is like the most daunting (laughs) task behind organizing my sock drawer. So yeah. Yeah. Jody, you're brilliant. I I wouldn't think of this stuff. So we did that and 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 I said to her, well, okay, so, you know, let's work on a design. Let's make it work. And we did it in a bunch of lengths that range from 16 inches to five feet long, but did the entire span of the the cabinets uh, above the sink. And then we're like, okay, hooks, what do we want to do for hooks? Because if you're putting utensil rails up, you need to hang them off. So that way all the finishes were staying inconsistent. So then we go into the bathroom and she's like, you know, we'd really like to do some shower niches. And I'm like, okay, what do we want to do? So we actually designed a shower niche. So we did a, this whole project was matte black um, with the exception of some polished bond. Um, yeah. Our collections. And so we, we designed a 12 inch by 12 inch uh, shower niche that's going in on the project. And then there was one other add on where she wanted to design this vanity shelf and towel holder. So we did that as well. (laughs) So, you know, these are all different initial prototypes that are project specific, but, you know, at some point these do make it out into our general marketplace. So like I said, you you know, stay tuned. You never know what's going to happen from a product category perspective over the next, you know, year or two with partners. But, you know, these are the type of great ideas that our clients that, you know, some pretty you know, well-recognized designers uh, in, in our industry that are, you know, focused on and, and wanting us to develop with them, which is wonderful. It gives us another platform to focus on how can we complement our bath accessories. These are, I mean, some of the things that I'm hearing, it's like, I mean, it's the tiniest details. Like I don't have that much, I like being organized and clean, but I don't have that much fun in the process of like, making you know everything organized in this way or creating different ways to organize and it sounds like that's a really critical component in the design process it sounds like tom i i almost want to feel like you're in the same boat as me you have no idea what any of this stuff is before she brought it to our attention i would (laughs) never think of any of this stuff 
No, you know, we're, we're sitting in, uh, you know, we're walking to the warehouse and I'm looking at some packages that we may have received and I'm going, what the heck is that? And then it's like, oh, Jody's created this new product category, you know, for this next product project. And it's like, that's so cool. I think at the end of the day, problem solving is, is really what it boils down to, right? She's out there working with her design teams, creating solutions to these problems. And I think you get that from the showroom perspective too. And I know you have a plumbing arm to your business. I mean, really that's what we do every day when we get up in the morning is, okay, how am I going to solve some problems today? And yeah. to kind of relate it back to Sydney and Vernon, uh, we, we knew Cartners was satisfying a certain part of the market, but you know, towel warmers were always somewhat underserved or pricing is very sensitive with towel warmers, right? I think people want a towel warmer in their bathroom, but you know, when they see a, a bit of a sticker shock on some of that stuff, they, they immediately remove it. So how do we create a product that, you know, showroom people and designers can specify on a regular basis that really adds to their, their brand, right? Because I think, you know, Jody really helps these design interior designers create their brand, right? And each one wants to set themselves apart. And she's there to help them do that on a daily basis. You know, we are here on the showroom side of things to help these customers create beautiful spaces and and, and get repeat business from a lot of these interior design firms, right? So Sydney allows us to get into more bathrooms than we were able to get into with Cartners. You know, it's, yeah. it's more of a affordable entry-level price point. But from my perspective, I want every showroom to get every accessory sale that, they're, that they can, right? So it always pains me when someone goes, oh, I'll just go to Home Depot and, and source some accessories. That, you know, that's what we wanted to stop with this, with, with Sydney bathroom accessories. It's a beautifully made product at a really great price point. So don't let that money walk out of the door, right? Let's get that, that sale, provide something that's a little bit more unique than, you know, what people are used to. And I think that's one of the things that I've really seen over the last eight years is shifting the perspective of what accessories are. You know, I've heard showrooms that never sold accessories before. And then once they saw Cartners and how easy it was and how much choice they had and all of the finishes they can choose from, now they're, you know, making so much more from each house package because they specify accessories every time, right? I think, you know, you, you mentioned it, you know, we're, you know, a top selling accessory line in your showroom, right? And, and I think your staff have seen the value in adding it to every specification. Their customer is satisfied. They're happy. You're happy. And that's really what we're all about is, is providing you more and more options on a daily basis to help your customers and, and, and create solutions to problems. Yeah. You guys are like, uh, Tom, do you guys have a container store up there in the Great White North? You know what that is? You know what that is? Oh, it's like yeah. a, you know what it is, right, Jody? I know okay. what it is. It'd be Tom, wonderful if we did. Yeah. Seattle has one. That's what I mean. Yeah. So like, Tom, it, it's like, do you, do you almost feel like kind of like when you walk into the container store with your girlfriend and you're like, why do I need any of this stuff? And, he, but then, but then your girlfriend's there and she's like, trust me, we need all of this stuff. And, and then she gets all this stuff. And you're like, oh my God, I'm so much happier that I have all this in my home. Cause every, I feel like Jody is the container store for Cartners, <laughs> basically. So, I mean, I like, it makes sense to me now hearing you talk about all these little details and like these, these uh, design, I mean, let's, they're innovations because you're changing the way that somebody organizes or cleans or how they, cause keeping free of clutter and having like 
no clutter in the space or environment actually makes you happier without, you know, subconsciously you don't even know it. So I, I love all that. I could tell you from personal experience, grab bars have become so essential. I get requests all the time to put a grab bar in. Let's say, uh, actually one of my most recent clients, they have their mom, you know, the in-laws are moving in with them. Right. And so they have the guest bathroom. And, and so I had to put grab bars in and in the shower and, and they don't, I mean, this is a nice house. They have all these nice fixtures in there and they don't want to just put an industrial looking grab bar inside their shower. They want it to match. And lo and behold, Cartners had a matching grab bar that matched their shower door handle almost exactly and it matched their shower fixtures uh, almost perfectly. It made them really happy. So that's how I've utilized the product and, and how it's demonstrated value for me. And to Tom's point about Home Depot, like, I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've, I'm a, I'm a plumber too. So I've been, I've been like to job sites and we had one time had a project of track homes. These track homes were anywhere from like $3 million to $5 million homes. And it was filled with Home Depot product. Could you, it sounds like, could you imagine, could you imagine buying a three or $5 million home just and having it filled with like just basic product? Not that Home Depot is bad or that they sell bad products or anything like that. It's just that the, it's the managing of expectations. It's that you, you feel like you're buying a luxury home and with no luxury products in it. So it's all about perception. And I think you guys do a great job of, uh, you know, it seems like feedback is a real central theme for you guys. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I think that's a big driver in your success, but moving on to, I'm more interested. And I think our listeners are more interested in how, and maybe Jody is for you, like how, how you guys engage with architects and designer, how, how important that is, how you continue that engagement, even in, you know, even during a pandemic and, and during all these times of like, you can't actually go and see people. What's that been like for you guys? You know, like, I think with everybody, it's, it's, we've all had to kind of shift things a little bit, you know, in this last year and a half, we've, you know, we went from full shutdown, no one's leaving their houses as everybody has. And yeah to okay let's you know last summer things opened up a little some clients went back to their offices which were great um, some were a little bit more restrictive of who they were letting in some were just maintaining some some great protocol and and really it's still just about connecting and, and reaching out to clients and and updating them and uh, on new products and new offerings and full and very fortunate that you know i've worked with so many of our local clients like i said for almost 20 years so I'm, I'm fortunate in that I'm part of that checklist of, okay, I'm working on a specification and, you know, who might, bath accessories. Okay. I'm, you know, give Jody a call, which of course means giving partners a call and, and really just kind of participating that way in our local market. We haven't really still been quite busy and also too, it's changed in the sense that, you know, clients themselves are not out there consistently on job sites or doing presentations. Everyone is really on their phones and on their computers 24 seven, you don't have that breathing period that you had before. <laughs> well, yeah. I'm out in a meeting or I'm on a job site, which is kind of part of my world a little bit. So, you know, really just supporting our clients and, and listening to what they need in the moment and in the next little while and, and going down that path and, and really listening to them and the trends, because 
you know, we, we kind of touched on it lightly earlier, but, you know, the trends in the last year and a half, I, you know, are, are still kind of continuing, you know, 2021 was people being at home and not being able to leave a lot and looking at their four walls going, hmm, what can I change and what can I update, you know, and, and a lot of us have lived also in that open concept living where now we need a little bit more sense of, of privacy because either it's, you know, two individuals working from home and, and kids learning remotely. And, and all of a sudden it's like, wow, we need, we need some doors or we need a corner where we can work and have some, some quietness as well too. So, you know, that's really kind of shifted gears a little bit and, and a lot of people to even, our, even our clients focus on their own spaces. But, you know, I, I've been very fortunate and, and Cartners has been very fortunate that um, we really haven't seen big shift when it comes to projects that are happening over the next two to five, six years. In addition to the, the West Coast or, you know, uh, of, of Canada, you know, I've been starting to do a little bit more work with some local designers and, and local developers, actually, that are going into new markets, which is really exciting being, you know, um, some of them doing West Coast of, of the U.S. So mm-hmm. there, everyone is still kind of using that, looking forward, what do we need today? What do we need going down the next path? And, and we're part of that conversation, which is very fortunate. We're, we're very lucky. What uh, what do you think the DPHA can do to better engage with the A&D community? It seems like you've kind of found the golden nugget for a manufacturer to do that, but how can we as an association better engage, get them interested in decorative plumbing and hardware, have them attend showcases and things like, or even engage like intermittently, like in these podcasts or uh, virtually or with our connections letters, articles, what do you, what, what's, what's your perspective? Um, you know, I, I think sometimes it's, it's just, you know, initially going a little old school and I'm dating myself now, but it's, it's really just kind of sometimes finding out who, you know, those really great participants and designers are in, in your local markets and picking up the phone and, and having a conversation and talking a little bit about it and finding out, you know, what helps them make their job a little bit easier and, and how can you assist through that? Big part of anytime I'm, I'm hiring a new rep or expanding, you know, my, my local team is we really like to act as a resource and we approach our clients as what can we do to make your job easier? Because whether it's a showroom client, an, an individual homeowner or a designer or an architect, you know, when they're looking at either redoing a room or redoing an entire home or designing a hotel or, or a condominium, there's a lot of elements that they need to check off their list. So if, if you can really just connect with people and, you know, our, our industry is so relationship based that that becomes a big part of it is, you know, what can we do to make your job easier so that, you know, it's done and they're on to the next because their list is a long list with every detail that goes on any type of job for that matter. I mean, who makes phone calls anymore? But I guess like. <laughs> True. You know, yeah. you phone calls, you know what, honestly, uh, uh, I had a, a key designer uh, we had a great conversation the other day and realized my gosh we were on the phone for a long time but it's just kind of having a it's kind of the I guess we're going back to when you'd meet a client for for coffee or lunch right you'd have a great conversation and you'd have you know just great chat but you know and you tie a little work into it because you Mm -hmm. know working together but you know, some clients have actually been really receptive with just picking up the phone. And, you know, it was funny last summer, you know, clients would send me emails and I'd know they'd be on email. So I'd call them right away. And then, yeah. you know what? 
I, I said, you know what, instead of responding to your email, I thought I would just pick up the phone and call. And I can't tell you how many times a designer would say to me, you know what, I'm really glad you did. It's nice to hear a voice and connect with somebody again. And I think that yeah. everyone has been so deprived of, and, you know, we have been going through spurts where we get to see people, we get to connect and we get these little senses of hope every once in a while with, you know, this, what we're living in, but you know, I, I think some clients are really appreciating appreciating that that phone call again, which that's why I kind of say old school, but I've been getting positive feedback. So I, yeah, I, I would agree with that. I do the same thing because well, I'm in my car quite a bit, so I can't even respond to an email. And so yeah. I just pick up. But Tom did that to me before the podcast. He's like, you know what, I'm going to call you. And uh, I just like hearing Tom's voice and hearing that Canadian accent that <laughs> so it it's but you're right it it is it you're so right on that we have been deprived of human connection and it is really easy to just kind of like fall back on email and texting and like the easy communication and the lazy but yeah you're right picking up the phone and 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 doing everything you can to establish a human connection goes uh, goes a really long way i mean it's it's almost like it's such a rarity to even ask someone out for coffee anymore. And mm-hmm. I bet, I bet that's like, that would be a really cool thing. Someone asked yeah. me out for coffee. <laughs> I know. Isn't it? It's, it's the little things now. Yeah. You know, I reached out to a few clients saying, Hey, you know what? Like since people are still hesitant about, you know, certain restaurants and things and, and I said, let's grab a coffee and go for a walk. And I've actually had a positive response for that because yeah. it's getting people outside they're feeling safe and okay about it. And, you know, fortunately, you know, or fortunately, we're, we're very lucky in Vancouver where, you know, the water's on our doorstep. So it's like, let's grab a coffee and go for a walk, you know? And yeah. And, um, and you never know where the conversation leads you either. Right. So we get a lot of things accomplished in that walk sometimes on that one cup of coffee and a treat maybe. Yeah. Tom, what, you got anything to add to like, what do you, how do you think DPHA can, you know, engage better with A and D or are we just, pretty much uh letting jody solve this problem yeah, well, I mean, you're not stealing jody from partners number one so let's yeah. just get that out of the way um yeah. i think it, i think it takes effort right i think people you know and that's picking up the phone right it that takes effort and and, and you have to engage with people i think there's so many things that the dpha is starting to do right you know you were talking about that yesterday trying to engage some of the local architect and design firms, some of the plumber associations for the next show up in Austin in about a month, right? So I think it just comes down to effort and education because you don't know what you don't know. And I think that's been part of Jody's success is just showing people what the potential is for our product or any product, right? And when people understand something, they feel more confident about it. So just providing that consistent educational kind of process, I feel is is going to be the key. I mean, it, it takes time and, you know, everybody's busy these days. That's kind of the curse of modern life is, is trying to figure out the time to do some of these things. But I think that just, again, comes down to effort, right? Jody picks up the phone and calls some people. I mean, I try to engage with my reps every week and talk to them about things because I rely on them to give me feedback from some of my customer base. We have, you know, more customers than I can count. So for me to try and commit time to contact every one of them, it's not realistic, but talking to key people and talking to my reps to get proper feedback, I think is really instrumental in that. And, you know, 
in terms of my growth in the industry, I would say the DPHA has been a, a, a massive part of that because when I first went to the first show down at Torrey Pines and gosh, when was that Phil? Probably 2015 or 2015. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it was, um, it was a bit of a scary process for me. I didn't really know that many people, you know, I had traveled to, to your market in, in the Bay area. And so we knew a few of those customers and my rep had driven down. So I, I kind of engaged there, but I actually met Martin for the first time at that show. And, and, you know, the next thing, you know, we're outside, uh, having a beverage uh, next to the fire pit and starting <laughs> to engage that way. And, and, you know, it's been really cool seeing that growth of, you know, going into the, you know, network bar at the end of the night <laughs> and everybody's going, Hey Tom. And, and, you know, it felt like I was an episode of cheers. So seeing that growth in terms of network and resources to talk to, because I think our industry is very much interconnected. So you know, talking to my reps and seeing what they're they're thinking. And when we get the chance to engage with designers at the DPHA show or architects and, and our rep organizations, all kind of discussing where the industry is going as a whole, because where we are now is different than it was two years ago, right? Everybody's had to pivot during this pandemic and switch up how they do business, right? Zoom meetings were never in our mind, you know, before March of, of 2020, right? So, and then everybody kind of got oversaturated with Zoom meetings because every sales manager is trying to get their rep to organize Zoom meetings and every showroom person has to balance their showroom clients with, you know, their Zoom meetings to get up to speed on all of their products. So I think really just continuing to try and engage and get people to interact at a face-to-face -face setting, which is what the DPHA conference does, is, is beneficial and, and really the starting point. You know, if I had the magic you know, number or uh, answer, I, I wouldn't share it on a public podcast, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I think we're all trying to find that ourselves, right? Yeah. This is how we consistently engage with the A&D and design community. But the one thing that I've seen over the years working with Jody is it takes time and effort. And I don't think, you know, it's always funny when a customer comes to me and goes, oh man, can you get me some more project work? And for, yeah, uh, you know, You're like, yeah, sure. It, yeah, you know, right? Yeah, no problem. No problem. Or as a sales manager, you know, going to my rep and going, get me more projects, right? We need more projects in your market. You know, yeah. I'm sure, you know, everybody gets that pressure because they love the purchase order and the, you know, the net number at the bottom, but they don't understand the process that it takes to get there, right? And, yeah. Um, at Cartners, we're lucky because we can be specified at the beginning and hold that spec based on what we do with, you know, interaction and making sure budget is okay and, and kind of getting those establishing factors at the beginning, but then also having product offerings that can be quickly value engineered to help our customers in, in, in a pinch, right? So, you know, how many times do you get to the end of a project and ooh, especially with a category like accessories, nobody wants to invest in that money uh, at the end of the job, but they still need an accessories package. So how do we get that? And how do we support our dealers and our designers and our architects um, that way? Right. So, you know, well, Tom, I mean, I, yeah, I guess it is that easy. So I, uh, now I, I, I want you to get me more project work. So <laughs> please, please get on that right away. Uh, yeah, that's what I, we will, need. I will. Yeah. yeah. Let's get some high rises. Uh, uh, where, Jody, where do you see, you're you're pretty in touch with the trends here. Where do you, where do you yeah. see trends and accessories changing over the next you know two five ten years? And uh, how do you see 
you know, I guess, is the dynamic changing at all with the A&D community or is it, is it pretty much staying the same and you're just, you know, how are the new trends driving the market and how you guys are adapting to it? Yeah, so I think, you know, just kind of looking at this past year, you know, like I mentioned, people are definitely, you know, being home more, they're influenced by their own space and that then translates mm-hmm. to, to other environments. But, you know, really that natural organic architectural feel is, is still really predominant. So I guess a lot of people describe it as that Scandinavian design. So warm, neutral, natural earth tones, adding subtlety, because people are looking, you know, there's so much anxiety out there that people are really looking for calmness and tranquility in their spaces. So that's really what we're starting to see a lot. But now they're wanting to add that little pop of contrast. So last year was just about, you know, things simple. So, you know, from our perspective, you know, from finishes, we were seeing, you know, things kind of um, subtly accenting with you know, whether it was brushed nickel or polished chrome or polished nickel and um, maybe getting into some of the warmer metals, you know, so it's a little bit more tone on tone where, you know, starting to see a little bit, you know, going forward is that same kind of um, palette, but now people are wanting to interject just that little bit of contrast. So, you know, say you've done an all white or a white oak kitchen, we're now starting to see from an appliance cabinet pull perspective, matte black. But then we're also seeing a lot of achromatic designs, which means we're seeing um, a lot of black, gray, um, and white. So we're actually... Jody, for some of us that don't have, uh, you know, these big school words, can you tell, <laughs> yeah. tell us what achromatic means? Yeah. So it means focusing on something in one palette. So okay. either all black or all gray or all white tones. So interesting enough, I kind of started seeing snippets of it years ago and it's starting to kind of gain a little traction is an all matte black kitchen. So matte black cabinets, a really beautiful matte black stone countertop and absolutely stunning. And then just a really subtle transition to your flooring. So from our, I guess, participation in in an environment like that, we're starting to see, you know, continue that matte black um, accessory, whether it's in the bathroom with the same millwork or in the kitchen with your cabinet and appliance poles, or we're starting to see a little contrast. So with that matte black kitchen, you know, seeing maybe a beautiful champagne bronze pole or a beautiful brushed bronze pole really sets it off beautifully. So I guess that's what I mean by, you know, achromatic. So literally I get what you're saying, black yeah. kitchen with either containing all black or adding just that subtle detail. I wasn't um, talking about me, by the way. I was talking about like, you know, other <laughs> no, people. No, 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 no. <laughs> I sometimes forget that, you know, I... Yeah. I a lot more of what's happening down the road which you know you don't generally see out in the general public yeah but yeah we're definitely you know starting to see that the the soft round shapes are still continuing a lot just something really simple with just a little bit of detail on it so yeah just again like I said everyone's looking for calmness and and tranquility home really is an you know because we are there a lot you know we're not hopping on planes doing these wonderful holidays as much anymore Mm. now so people are really focusing on having that experience at home. Yeah. So the accessory sometimes is used, you know, to kind of pop in, in an mm-hmm. achromatic design. Um, I, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I went into a, there was one time I went into a house that was all white. And when I mean mm-hmm. all white, I mean, the floors are white, the mm-hmm. furniture was white, the walls were white, the kitchen was white, 
And I was like, I don't even know if I want to step in here. I have to do work and I, <laughs> like, I'm going to leave footprints everywhere. Or like I should walk around with bleach. So it, I, yeah, yeah, black seems a lot more safe. Yeah, <laughs> but I think too, um, you know, kind of talking about white where, you know, yes, you can think of it in that way too, but there's also, you know, coming from my, you know, paint days, <laughs> working for Benjamin Moore, um, you know, there's so many different tones of white. So I know um, a bit of a trip that we took pre-pandemic, we were in Europe and uh, in one of our, one of our visits was in Portugal, but being in some beautiful hotels, they were all white, but it was really warm shades of white with, you know, natural wood um, kind of complementary to it. So just kind of like that, you know, soft, subtle, which gives that very homey, lived in feel without the, ooh, I can't sit there. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah it's kind of brightening it. So a little bit more of that West Coast vibe, right? That you, you tend to see um, North America, West Coast, right? Kind of that, you know, um, uh, a little bit more of that boutique hotel feel. You know, mm. it's from a white versus that white sterile. Like Beachwood or, you know, like you're talking yeah, yeah, Beachwood. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So I don't know what balls. I'm talking about. I'm going to design Anyway, that's, I mean, look, I could talk to you guys for so long about all this. This has been an unbelievable conversation. I think the central theme and what I think everything keeps going back to, it sounds like feedback and the ability to connect with different customers and your client base and, and it is so essential to your guys' success and, and what drives you forward. Uh, Jody, the container store of Cartners and, and Tom, uh, whatever it is that you do over there, yeah, <laughs> pretty much everything. Yeah, yeah, old news, I'm old yeah. news. Yeah. It's, uh... You know, I really enjoy just to kind of pivot back onto Jody's point, and I know we're going to wrap it up here. Is just, you know, seeing. I enjoy interacting with people all over the continent of North America, yeah. right? That's really where I get my joy from the job is is seeing the different, you know, designs and different kind of aesthetics that people are trying to create. Whether that's kind of a desert home in New Mexico or kind of a more tropical vibe in in Miami, and then you've got a bit more of the industrial kind of brick New York East Coast vibe. I mean, that's been really fun and being able to create product that fits into all of these different spaces, you know, mm -hmm. is really where I enjoy the job so much and talking to different people. And, you know, you like my little Canadian twang. Well, I like talking to people from the <laughs> South or, you know, a little <laughs> Texas twang, right? I think the beauty of partners in Sydney and Vernon is that there's something for everybody and there's a solution to every problem that you're having. So it's again, making the effort to educate people and help them create their own solutions to these problems really. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know what my, what my role is anymore. I'm, uh, you know, I'm just, uh, yeah. yeah, right. Tom, Tom, I, look, yeah. I mean, I mean, to start from a company with a company in a garage, first of all, you're unbelievably loyal. Uh, I mean, Darren is so lucky to have you and, and to stay loyal to the company, be part of that growth. And now to be an essential part of the, you know, the leadership of that company uh, speaks volumes, not just about, you, uh, it's, I think, a lot about Darren and, and the company that they have such a great culture uh, mm -hmm. that it makes you want to be a part of it and to stay there. Um, yeah. Sometimes, I mean, sometimes, it, you know, 
working for a manufacturer, I've seen people kind of bounce around or, you know, they, they maybe there's a little bit of a burnout sometimes. And so it's real for me as, as a dealer, it, it gives me a lot of confidence in, in partners to see that the culture is very healthy and that people enjoy staying there. They enjoy working there and, and they take a lot of pride in what they do. So I want to thank you both for uh, joining us today and uh, just want to give a quick shout out there uh, that the DPHA annual showcase is on. It's not virtual this year. We're still doing it. It's in Austin, Texas. I hope to see uh, partners there. Um, it's still, you know, I got to respect everyone's decision uh, with everything going on, but just wanted to let our listeners know that that we are still having it and, and we hope to see a lot of our members there, but we also understand uh, the importance of staying safe and, and respecting people's boundaries. So thank you both for um, for joining today. And is there anything you guys want to leave our listeners with? Jody, any uh, any any uh, any suggestions or advice for the men out there uh, <laughs> and, and staying organized? And <laughs> I don't know if I should comment on that. Oh, OK, we'll just leave it to the experts, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just leave it. Just leave it to Jody. Okay, sounds good. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. just you know, thank, thank you for your time. This, this has been wonderful. It's really yeah, been- it's been fun. Thank you guys, yeah. and uh, we hope to see you all in Austin. Yeah.